0: mm <laughs> And welcome to the Hit Like a Girl podcast. My name is Joy Rios. And on this podcast, we talk about how complicated healthcare is. And every single one of our guests is able to bring their expertise and sort of a piece of the health, the healthcare or health IT puzzle. And so today, I'm really excited to welcome our next guest. I'm going to let you introduce yourself. Go ahead. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much, Joy. My name is Sunita
1: Sandeep, and I'm a transformative coach for high achieving and high functioning women professionals executives and leaders i help them end their inner struggles of anxiety burnout stress lack of energy and uh, and fear so that they can reach higher professional success but with deep inner fulfillment also
0: i have so many questions about this but go ahead <laughs> keep going
1: <laughs> and i'm also certified as a mindfulness and meditation teacher a trauma support specialist positive psychology practitioner and of course a coach the transformative coach and um Yeah, just here to to share and
0: then see where it takes. So, okay, I want to know a little bit about your journey. How did you fall into this as your career? Let's start there. Many years ago,
1: and I speak about this in my TEDx talk also, there was a trauma that I went through. and, And all the details are there in that TEDx talk. So we won't go deeper into the trauma. But I think coming out of the trauma, I was suffering. My body was in constant struggle. I was going through a lot of uh, PTSD syndrome or uh, PTSD symptoms of uh, severe pain in the body, a lot of fatigue, insomnia, panic attacks, and then the mental problems of the, the depression and, and anxiety, panic attacks. And I needed a way to get out of this. And I thought I could easily get out of this, but then my whole journey over the last 15 years or so has been that to understand and accept myself. And then using my trauma as a catalyst to awaken my true potential and that has been my journey and that's exactly what I teach and coach for for other women too and since I come from a high achieving and high performing background I just relate to a lot of the the fears and the stories and the belief structures that we have as women who are like really high functioning and multitasking and then they they, they do like give me a laundry list of to-dos and I can go get it done kind of women just my personal journey that, that I think at certain point you just realized that, oh, I think it, it's now the time for you to just spread this message and then see what you can do to other women. And Wouldn't, that's how this whole
0: journey started. That's, thank you for sharing. And I, you know definitely will spend time looking and watching your TEDx. I'm very interested in that. But coming from a place where you've been high performing, I'm assuming in at your education and your training, and then sort of transitioning to more of an internal Look and perspective. Yeah. Not everybody gets that. I mean, it's one thing like with the education, there's steps and stages and you can and milestones that you can track. There's not really the same thing for an internal journey. Yeah. Can you
1: can you speak a little bit about that? That's beautiful that, that you even asked that question. Not many even, yeah, it's it's very difficult to even comprehend this. That's where I talk about the shift from a masculine energy to a feminine energy and growing up i think more so for the high achieving and high functioning women we have been taught that go get this one after the other one after the other this achievement this work this promotion this 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 right but then we do all of those things and by the time we we, we reach 35 40 it's like oh we have done all of these things and life looks like a success on paper but internally, when you see, when you look at your relationships, your marriage, your kids, or or just the relationship that you have with yourself, mm-hmm. when you look at that, you realize there's something lacking. It's not fulfilling anymore. You begin to question. You you begin to go into these deeper sense of uh, deep, deeper depths of questions like, what's the meaning? What's the purpose? Why? Why am I doing this? Is this all to life? Right okay. and Ben is a very ripe situation or a ripe ripe place for women to somehow intuitively realize that what I have been doing all this time is not going to work for me for the rest of my time. It doesn't doesn't just say that whatever the digital time was not helpful. It's just a way in our conscious evolution as a human evolution you go through like you know a toddler a baby to a toddler to like you know adolescence to young adults to adults and old age similarly i think we have used up our masculine energy to reach certain place to achieve certain things that we wanted to or whatever the the, the society wants it from us and that's okay but I think from now on, we, the, the important realization to have is whatever helped me till this time is not going to help me for the rest of my life. And that's where the shift needs to happen. And that's a completely different journey. Exactly. As you said, there are no steps to follow. And it's very difficult for people to even comprehend and then say, but how? <laughs> you see, mm-hmm. when, I, when I just tell them to like, let's see, let, let's stay here and then try to do nothing and just just be present. But how do I do it? How do I do? How do I do? And that's the whole shift, which which I think is happening, Joy, that, that I see for a lot of people. It is happening.
0: It's slowly they're moving into that being state. Yeah, I well, I think... I think we can put some of that on the pandemic. I think a lot of people had some time to be alone and really think, and I can really speak yeah. to that and my personal journey too. But the certain questions that have come up for me and as an entrepreneur, as somebody who's you know started businesses and watched them grow, there's times when I question, well, why hasn't it grown more? Or why hasn't it, you know, whatever, whatever the question yeah. is around yeah. like what is possible. But some of my own internal conversation is like trying to understand what are my own limiting beliefs? What is it internally (laughs) that either I have grown up with either probably unconsciously that is actually pouring into like what I'm pouring into my business and not realizing that there is limit there are limitations but those are my own personal limitations too not necessarily from an external world so when you're coaching women who are starting their own business like how do you uncover that or help them discover maybe some of the their own limiting beliefs yeah so
1: so it's it's a lot of self-inquiry practices a lot of inquiry practices some of the inquiry practices go so deep that you don't even know those repressed emotions or repressed conditioning or repressed beliefs were even there and sometimes it goes even beyond what you did it would have come from a cultural uh, uh, impact or it could have come from like a familial family related one and sometimes you never know why it happened but you know you're carrying it and uh, there are ways to, there are some methodologies that you can do, not more like a doing, 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 I need to do this, I need to do it. It's more about asking the right kind of questions and not waiting for an answer. Just listening. Okay, let's talk about it's that. It's not just like, okay, I'm going to Yeah, yeah, just listening. It's listening. Okay, so there, there, it, it's waiting to talk or waiting to get something versus just listening, right? And it's, it's a big difference. I can, when you're talking, I can wait so that you finish and I can talk versus when you're talking, I just listen. And that's the way we just ask a question and not wait for anything. There's no expectations and then see what comes up. And uh, it's, good. it's not an easy thing that will just happen the first time that you ask, but it's a constant way of just awakening the trueness, that the truth within us to just like, you know, trigger it. Like, you know, the first question I ask for anybody, whether an entrepreneur or a professional or or like a nine to five professional is, why are you doing what you're doing? See, because that hits a very deep place within them. Why? And when you go extremely deeper, there are fears associated with it. And the deep held fears of feeling worthlessness, feeling unloved, feeling insignificant, feeling lonely, feeling not good enough most of the time are driving what we do. And as long as those fears are driving what we do, it's very difficult for us to do the next thing that we just think and just, we just want to do because we always feel like there are two forces operating in like two different, or like opposing directions. There's something that we want to do But then there's something that's, again, pulling you back. It always feels like there's a constant internal conflict. I need to do what I can't do. I need to do. And the more you have that I need to do, the more you have the the other force that is pulling you. And the more and more you let go of that I really need to do versus let me just see what comes and then let me do what it is. Then the other force that is pulling you in the opposite
0: direction will also lessen. So it's like, as they say, what you resist, persists. Well, the things that are coming up for me, anxiousness and well, anxiety and depression, and also the conversation around like human being versus human doing, right? We are very much in a society that is looking at production and how much we accomplish and staying busy in this hustle culture. Yeah. But how is it that, or can you speak to how important it is to sort of stop and really pay attention to... What is driving you and why? I mean, you're kind of talking on that already, but I guess, can we bring it into healthcare and like what people experience, either those who are working in healthcare or experiencing the healthcare system or will be as a result of their anxiety and depression?
1: Yeah, yeah. For me, I suffer from anxiety. I suffer from depression. I was also taking medication for it. I really feel that anxiety and depression are really not illnesses they are just symptoms of something that's hidden extremely deep Mm -hmm. and till we go down to that depth within us and then release the symptoms will continue to happen and all the things that we can do to bypass those fears will just be like you know okay you won't take your take your attention from here put it here but then what is causing the problem here will still be there. We can take medication to numb all our feelings and not feel anxious or so, but it'll continue to be there. So I think it's extremely important that people who are going through anxiety and depression to go a little bit deeper. And anxiety and depression is just like like the two ends of the spectrum. In between, there are so many others too. There's panic attacks that happen, Mm -hmm right there's like a feeling of sometimes like mood swings that happen emotional outbursts that happen to people a feeling of like extremely doneness and a lack of energy Then there is chronic pain then there's a chronic fatigue that happens so it's a so it's a whole big spectrum there right and then eventually this will start causing burnout for us like I don't feel like doing anything at all I just want to just not do anything at all. I just want to take a break. I just want to leave my job. And unless and until we dive a little bit, extremely in depth as to see why it is causing us. And and there are multiple, multiple levels of digging deep. First level is just understanding our personality types. We are more about women, especially perfectionists. We are more about like giving a lot to others. We are more about like, you know, not setting good boundaries or we set extremely strong boundaries. So it's, or or we are giving too much or we just withhold too much, right? We operate in these terms of like polarities. So just understanding our archetypal patterns that are causing and then any other conditioning that, that we went through as kids. For example, if I was always praised for achieving and that is how I got attention in my world, that is what I plan to do for the rest of my life. But then the energy of that will, will slowly start to deplete away, right? Because you have to achieve something and then you expect somebody else to keep constantly praising you and giving you that recognition. And when that doesn't happen, the energy is lost. But then you are lost. What else would you do? Because your whole identity is built on that. So exploring your identities from that level of what your archetypal patterns are. And most importantly, understanding what is holding us from a somatic level. Mm -hmm. Until and unless we get down to the level of the body, we can do everything here. We can do at the level of emotions too. But at the level of body, it's a whole new thing its own thing and unless until the nervous system and the body feels safe to relax it won't do
0: until your body's contracting yeah I have two things I wanted to ask Because yeah, I'm like go okay ahead. wait I really want to talk about the somatic <laughs> part but before we get there I want to touch on emotional part that you're it sort of layers a little bit and I feel like we're conditioned as women to smile be happy be kind (laughs) be nurturing to give to others like rewarded for that type of behavior as i've gotten older i have had a new relationship with emotions and my name is joy like so like even just in my own conditioning Conditioning of how i show up in the world i'm supposed to like bring smiles to people's face and yet there have things that have happened in my life or through the course course of just being alive that I'm like, yeah, I feel some anger, like having a new relationship with the emotion of anger. And I've even read that anger isn't even emotion. It's actually the a secondary emotion that is based on safety or sadness or fear. Yeah. But kind of allowing for it and making space for these other, you know, negative, so to speak, emotions, because they are there for a reason. They're there to, you know, acknowledge a boundary or acknowledge that you're not safe or try to protect you in some form or fashion. Yeah, I've recognized it as I've gotten older my relationship with emotions has totally changed. And I didn't even recognize that when I was younger, I don't think that I would allow for it. I wasn't making space for them. And therefore they're holding a place in my body to the som- somatic aspect of it. So yeah. I don't fully understand that. <laughs> it's still a journey, but I would love to kind of hear your take on that aspect.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Beautiful. So in my TED Talk, I make a statement. Mm. We need to shift from trying to feel better to (laughs) becoming
0: better at feeling. And I think See, this, why? Really why be... is that? Like, that's a really key point. It's just like, yeah. especially when you say like, oh, I'm upset or I'm, I'm mad. Like, a lot of people's response is, don't be mad. Don't I be know, sad. Yeah, but, uh, yeah don't be just mad. don't be mad. Just don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, well, no, I feel that way for a reason and I want to honor that reason. But And it doesn't mean that I'll feel that way forever. I, I like to also consider lately this, like, emotions are like clouds, you know, or the weather that They'll keep moving, but it still need to feel it. You can't just be as sunny and clear all the time. <laughs> yeah. The trick there is to feel it, but not express it and
1: transmute it to presence. That's the truth. How? How do you do that? (laughs) (laughs) How do we do that? There again we went back to how how do we Yeah. 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 (laughs) First of all, like as you said, acceptance that emotions are all kinds of emotions, the complete spectrum of being a human. What is it to be a human? It's messful. Yes, it is messy. Like a lot of things, good things happen, negative things happen. You feel good, you don't feel good. Just having that awareness that it's okay to feel bad certain times. It's okay because growing up, we were told, oh, don't cry, don't cry. Oh, everything will happen the way you want it. Don't cry. Oh, you're crying. I'll get you like a candy or something. So don't cry, right? So we somehow felt that we should not be crying. We should not show our anger. We should not like, you know, sometimes stand up and then say that this is, this is not the way I want. Like even expressing your courage, is kind of frowned upon um, mm-hmm. in the society that you just come. No, like you know, you can't be very stern and say certain things. And then what we do is we make an identity out of that, and then say we, we build we build a secondary identity over it that guards this. It's like a, it's like a like a fort fortress that we build, and then we put our identity onto this fort, for, fortress in such a way that no matter what happens in my life this fortress is going to help me, protect me from making sure that none of those emotions ooze out of me. Mm. And just keeping this fortress on all the time is depleting. It's difficult. It's difficult. So then just understanding that it's okay to have that and knowing, as you said, these fortresses are just trying to protect us, thinking that it's the wrong thing, to express those emotions. So that way what will happen is just just having that acceptance will help you to stop, or will help us to stop beating ourselves from first of all, having those emotions. And it's like a constant inner struggle. Like I should not feel, I should feel, I should not feel, I should feel. And then the next level is trying to see what those emotions talk to us. Why is there an anger? Why are you feeling sad? It's okay to feel sad, but what is it? Why are you feeling sad? Because even the feeling, the emotion is one layer above your somatic level, right? There is a fear. There is a, there's a fear from the body that is stuck. There's an insecure feeling that something is not safe and that's why you have this fear of anger or, or like emotional outbursts or like frustration or hate or jealousy or envy or any of those thoughts, right? And then how does it feel?
0: What does frustration feel like? What does it you feel? You can actually like, yeah, feel like that's the other part. There's like, okay, I was really angry last week and I was feeling it. And I went through this whole TikTok rabbit hole because that's... Yeah. Just the reality these days. And I've found kind of a graph, like body graphs of how emotions feel within your body. And I was looking at anger in particular and it's like in your belly or in your fist or in your head, you know, and then different emotions have different ways of expressing themselves that you literally feel them differently in your body. And paying attention to that is really important. You're like, okay, well then how can I soothe that? Or how can I like you said earlier, transmute it, or I just keep thinking about processing it. It's like, it's okay to feel this way, but how do I process it so that it makes its way through my body and keeps keeps moving? (laughs) Keep it moving. (laughs) It's definitely not an easy
1: process. And especially for somebody who has gone through any kind of a traumatic event, processing that has to be done in a very safe place. They, the 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 body needs to feel safe to even talk about it. Uh-huh. Right? so so when we are going down to the level of somatic, it's it's even beyond emotions. And sometimes you will have an answer, sometimes you won't even have an answer. It doesn't want to talk. Emotions, however, will talk. Like if you sit with it and and there are ways to inquire into those emotions. And usually there is always something associated with why it's feeling the way it's feeling feeling. It could be like mommy told me something or daddy told me something or something that would have happened like 30 years ago or 15 years ago, who knows? Like and 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 then these it's a very curious way of being with it and asking, hmm, if this emotion were to to talk, what is it gonna to say to me? And then you taking the position of presence and then treating it like your child. Mm-hmm. And then like it's okay, you can be here. You don't want to talk, don't talk, it's fine, but you can be here, you can be here, right? And then it wants to start expressing it. But then that's where instead of expressing, because we when we have anger outbursts, so we don't want to go and start expressing it. Of course, expressing might also release it, but that's not the way we 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 wanna we wanna release. So so it's just a very inquiry based practice, talking to those emotions and then giving it a name, asking it to say what it wants to say, giving that giving that emotion the the complete embracement to say it's okay the, the way you are. You don't want to change that's fine. You can stay as long as you want and just giving it the space because the minute you give it the space It wants to melt because that's what healing is. Because nothing wants to stay within our body in a contracted mode. And if you're contracting an emotion and not letting it come out, it just feels that there's more pressure on it. And life naturally is not something that it wants to be under pressure. Life wants to be free. Freedom is our movement internally and externally. So when you start giving it a little bit space, it starts communicating. It can take a little bit of a practice, but it's it's a it's a, it's a
0: beautiful art. It's a it's just like how we talk to our kids. I saw somebody refer to it as like flirting with your emotions, like oh, yeah. even if you, yeah, you just like oh, you flirt with your anger of like oh, look at you trying to protect me.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you know? Know, loving intimacy, <laughs> yeah, <with> those emotions, <laughs> and then they will start revealing deeper fears, even deeper fears. And then again, now it comes down to the body sensations. What is it mm-hmm. like? What is it? What does being worthless, being worthless, feel like? Because everything that we want to do in our life, uh, quite a lot, is to make sure that we don't feel worthless, that we don't feel unloved, we don't want to feel lonely, we don't want to feel shame and guilt. Then, how does worthless feel like? What is sensation attached to it? Because it's a deep. Tell me area that becomes vulnerable now the minute you talk about being worthless because it's an identity question now for you because anytime it hits the identity, it goes down to your gut, your gut level. Wow.
0: How many people are walking around with the tools that they need in order to... I mean, we we suffer from anxiety, depression, all, and burnout, all of these things. Is it really just slowing down and giving ourselves the space and the time like f- to find some sort of peace
1: yeah that's only one part of the puzzle okay that's only one part that's only one one level of journey to really get away from our suffering we have to go through the suffering if you're hitting the burnout anxiety and stress and then we are saying like you know my my work is causing me or my home is causing me that i'm just gonna live a life just just trying to be alone maybe for some it is gonna work but then internally, if you just go and ask, maybe that's not what you want. You want a way to be active in your life, do the things that you want to do, yet not be affected by anxiety and stress. I think mm-hmm. for most it's it's that way because I don't think we are in an age where we can just go live on the cave, like live in the cave, live on the mountains or so. Right? So we want, we want both, which means you do the healing and it's it's a continuous process. It's not like an end you're done for life and then everything will 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 just just be okay it's a continuous process of going deep within understanding yourself continuous process of healing and then taking your insights back into the world as a business person as an entrepreneur as a professional as a mother as a wife as a partner in all of the roles, because unless and until that comes back to the true expression of who we are as human beings, the cycle is not complete, and then they're still suffering. So it's a continuous process, and then go back go back into the world. But then now you go back into the world with less inner conflict within yourself and more energy to do what you want to do, and then what you do now. Is driven by being, not from fear. That's all is the difference. That's all is the difference.
0: What would you say to people who, well, are in systems that don't necessarily allow for that kind of change? Like, for, I'm thinking right now of doctors or clinicians experiencing burnout. And if the message to them is, and this is totally painting with a very wide brush of just if the message to them is just do more yoga and it's going to be fine. (laughs) Like, how do we keep it from being that kind of a platitude of just like, that's not really what we're talking about here. Of course,
1: yoga helps. Of course, any of the other activities helps, but then they all help in the short term. That's all. Unless and until it hits those deeper parts and you release, it's not going to, it's literally not going to help. And then working on these doesn't mean that they need to take a break. Like, you know, they, they'll have to take like a sabbatical or anything like uh-huh. that. And I think if, if even one hour that they spend just understanding this insights and, 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 and my program, I, I take them through these five shifts in my program and all of these women are working working, managing home with like, you know, kids, kids activities, there's something going on at work, then they're running their businesses. They're also like, they're a partner and they're still looking for their passion and purpose that they want to do. So the most exhilaration in your journey as a human and to your next level happens in your life. There's a reason why we are given our life the way it's given. And I truly believe that. Because then we can start using the struggles in our life Mm -hmm. as a path to our growth, to our next level growth. We don't want to run away from it because our true growth happens when we embrace the path, the life that is actually given to us now. So even if you can take like an hour every day. Just to go within, oh, these are my archetypal patterns. Oh, these are the triggers that's causing me. Oh, and because this is driven by my fear. Just having that awareness was one big shift. And then sometimes to go within somebody who comes with a little bit of a childhood, ex- extensive childhood conditioning or like a trauma or... Um, and again, trauma doesn't mean that it has to be some big event. Trauma is a very subjective experience. It's each person knows what they're not able to express, what they're not, what is being suppressed. They know that somewhere. They just feel stuck and nothing they do helps. So sometimes it, it, it helps to work with somebody to give them like a safe space to express that or transmute that in a very safe way. And then again, going back into the world because no matter what you do, unless and until it, it, you go back into the world, because real life is where the beautiful triggers are. And we, we will start welcoming our triggers. Oh, this is happening. This person is talking this way. Or this is like the, the work that I need to do. It's like an automate, like continuous, the same work. Oh, those are the beautiful triggers now for your life. Use them. Welcome your triggers. And that's a big shift. That's a big perspective in how we look at our lives. Triggers are not seen as something yeah. to 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 avoid triggers or something like, oh my God, I've given an opportunity. What more can I do? And again, I'm saying that it's an easy thing. It's not very easy, but I think it's it's sometime you have to start. If not
0: now, then when? Right. I, I mean, I think that people get taught that in a business setting that you can think of problems as opportunities, but I don't know that we necessarily apply that to ourselves too. I'm experiencing this struggle or I'm really annoyed by whatever it is then they're like, oh, can be tuned in to that is a lesson for me it's clearly one i need to learn otherwise it wouldn't be presenting itself in my life right now
1: yeah 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 and then sometimes knowing that you know it's it's okay to be annoyed and there's a reason because when you get annoyed you take certain actions when you get frustrated you change certain things when you get angry there's a there's a power hidden behind it there's a courage that comes out of it right but then choosing when from where the anger comes from or or understanding where the anger is coming from is Is the anger coming from fear because you don't want to face the fear? Or is the anger coming from, from a deeper place so that a change needs to happen in your life? That's the shift. That if we can catch on to that, if we can latch on to that, I think then every emotion is fine.
0: Well, And I also think that once you get to that place too, there's an amount of either dread or annoyance of just like everyday things. Like nobody says that doing the dishes has to be a terrible experience. Like you can actually enjoy the process of experiencing warm water on your hands or washing a plate or like even if it takes half an hour, it doesn't have to be something that's like, oh, we've said that this is annoying because it's cleaning and making you know cleaning up a mess like you can enjoy that there's you can play music there's i think that when you shift into thinking of like well what people might assume or take on as problems aren't necessarily so Problem.
1: bad. Yeah. <laughs> <Or> <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Unless, aren't necessarily problems. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so beautifully said, Joy. In fact, studies have said that, like, you know, even in my life or even in my clients' life, I've seen that we worry more about than doing. Because the doing part is only five minutes. Like, right. you know, you just get up, do certain things, but then we would have worried about it for about two hours. And then when
0: you get to do it, it's only five minutes. And I think that that's that relationship of just like allowing for the feeling, even if you're if like yeah. re- what you were saying about you know resisting pers- persists. It's like well, once you allow it, it, watch it dissolve. It will only hang out for a little bit. It'll hang out for a little bit. And and, and which author? I forgot the name of the author. She calls
1: it um, completing the cycle, mm. and letting it through the tunnel, and and let it complete its cycle. That's all. That's all you need to do. But I think it, but it's not an easy process. It's not an easy process because all through our life, we are told not to do that. Yeah. Suddenly it's like, oh, leave oh, it the space.
0: <laughs> you have to allow yourself the space to undo the conditioning or even acknowledge that there has been conditioning first, yeah. then figure out how to undo it and then move yeah. with intention from there. Yeah, Sunita, I feel like I could talk with you all day. <laughs> if people want to work with you or follow you how, or somehow get involved in what you do, how would you direct them?
1: My website has all the details, www.sunitasandeep.com, S-U-N-I-T-H-A-S-A-N-D-E-E-P.com. I also have a free ebook there that just talks about a little bit of my journey and what we women go through and then what steps you can take to shift more from a masculine energy to a to a more effortless way of being in life. There's an ebook that you can just get it. It's free. There's also a one-hour masterclass that I put together just talks about the program that I teach. It's called as the Awake, A-W-A-K-E, and it's an acronym. And each of the five shifts that I talk there. Awareness, going within um, action, conscious action, uh, kindling our truth, and then finally embodied engagement. So it just talks about those shifts that we can we can just take even today. And if somebody is interested in working with me, uh, there's also a link that says how they can book a call with me. The one hour call is free. It's just,
0: just to see if we are good to to work with each other and uh, yeah, and then take it from there. Wonderful. Well, I will include all of that in the show notes so people have easy access to you. And thank you again for your time today. This has been wonderful. Thank you so much.
1: I really um, want to, uh, lots of gratitude for having me on this show
0: and uh, whatever work you're doing is amazing. Thank you. My pleasure. Thanks for listening. You can learn more about us or this guest by going to our website or visiting us on any of the socials with the handle hit like a girl pod. Thanks again. See you soon. Again, thank you so much for listening to the Hit Like a Girl podcast. I am truly grateful for you and I'm wondering if you could do me a quick favor. Would you be willing to follow or subscribe to this podcast or maybe leave us a rating or review? Or if you're feeling extra generous, would you share this episode on your Instagram stories or with a friend? All those things help us podcasters out so much. I'm the show's host, Joy Rios, and I'll see you next time.